Welcome to ADHD Crash Course. This episode is for anybody who is involved with students, whether you are a parent or a teacher, whether you are a student, if you are in the process of kind of traditional learning in school, this is for you. I can already tell you that this is not going to be one of my more popular podcasts. I know this because this is one of the harder subjects that I, I work on with families in particular, with parents. This is very hard. And it is my challenge for you, and I'm going to go way into the why, to stop emphasizing grades, to stop focusing on grades. And I know that sounds really counterintuitive, and um, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with even suggesting that. But hear me out. When I say that we need to stop focusing on grades, it's because I have seen this time and time again sabotage kids, especially kids with ADHD. Why? I'm going to give you a few of the whys that I've seen. One of the reasons that it's so ineffective is because of our struggle with time. And I know you've heard it said here and probably other places with ADHD, time is often now and not now. If your emphasis is on grades, you are placing your student in the not now continually. If it's like, get this A, get this A, the A is not happening now. Everything you choose to do before the testing situation, turning in the project, that's what you have control over. That is the now. The A is not now. And what we run into, what I see often with students, is they can kind of have this magical thinking. Well, I really want the A, but that's kind of far in the future. And I'm going to be able to get the A. I want it so bad. It's so important. I am going to knock it out when it's time to show up but they aren't necessarily focused on what they have control over now to impact that outcome. And the more that we focus on getting the A, getting the A, they're missing the steps. Our focus needs to be on what they're doing to get to the outcome they want, what's in their control. This is another thing that we've looked at with cognitive behavioral therapy, this locus of control. And people have cognitive distortions around locus of control. We believe we have control over things we don't have control over. We believe we don't have control over things we do have control over. And when we're putting all the emphasis on this testing outcome or this project outcome, we're really emphasizing the part that's out of our control. What you have control over is everything you do before you show up to take that test. Every step you make before you turn in the project. You know, the reality, at least here in the U.S., is that grades are how we're measuring progress. It's the easiest way to do it. It's the clearest way to do it. Given the limitations of class sizes and the amounts of students and the curriculum we have to go through, it's not logistically possible <laughs> probably to focus on other measurements of effort and learning. So that's not ideal, but it is what it is. And so when you are supporting a student outside of the classroom, it's even more important that you're able to help them shift the focus to what they have control over now, what they're impacting with their choices every day versus just the outcome. So another issue that we have is that when we're really focused on this outcome and it's way out in the future, it doesn't really feel like it's right now. When do we get activated? When do we get going? When do we get started? When the anxiety mounts because the deadline's here. And so for a lot of students, that is a pattern they have that they're waiting for the, till they're right up to the edge because it helps them activate, helps them focus, helps them knock it out. 
And let me be clear here. <laughs> this is effective, but it's not ideal. And so they're doing it because it works. There's a few problems with this method eventually. A, cortisol is not great for your body and when you're always throwing yourself in a super stressful situation to get effective and to get going, ultimately it kind of catches up with you. It, most people don't find it's the way they want to work forever. It also eventually becomes kind of unpredictable. So I work with a lot of people who found that this worked for them very well. This was their go-to and eventually they just can't access it like they used to. Now the other end, of this stress that comes from overemphasizing grades and in these outcomes is that for another portion of kids, the anxiety does the opposite for them. The anxiety shuts them down and makes them less available for learning, for absorbing information, for getting activated. It does the opposite. Either way, it's really not ideal to create a bunch of stress and tension around the outcomes our kids are getting. It doesn't give them good information and it doesn't necessarily help them understand what they need to be lifelong learners. So those are some of my whys, but let's move on to the how, because that's usually what we want, right? How do we apply, assuming you're tracking with me and you're agreeing with me on the why, how do we apply this? If you're a student, if you're a parent of a student, an educator, how do we apply this and help kids apply this? Applying this does not mean that we can't and don't celebrate outcomes. We do celebrate outcomes. We just help make the connection between their outcomes and their effort, their outcomes and what they did before the outcome. And this works well when you have a great outcome that you wanted. And it also works well when you have an outcome you're not as happy with. I was working with a family and we were in this process of let's de-emphasize these grades. And dad said, listen, he came home with an A. I don't want to not reward that, not celebrate that. And so, you know, let me be clear here. We want to celebrate with our kids. We want to celebrate when they get this great outcome but we want to help them make the connection on how they did it more than the fact that they did it. This is the information they need. This is the information that's gonna serve them later on when they're in a different setting. One of my daughters is a very strong auditory learner and she could come home and say, I aced my test. Awesome, how did you do that? How did you ace that? Um, I don't know. Did you study? No, I didn't have to study it. Oh, did you draw anything out? No, I didn't do that. Did you go to class? Well, yeah, I went to class. Were you able to listen in class? Yeah, everything that Mrs. Jones talked about was on the test. Awesome. It sounds like you showed up consistently to class and you were listening to what she was emphasizing and it really prepared you for the test. We don't want to take away from our kids that can just show up and absorb. They're still doing something. They're still showing up and absorbing. But we want to get their brain used to identifying what they did do because maybe one day they're not going to be able to show up and absorb or maybe someday it's going to be a lab it's going to be more doing and that might not be as well suited to how they learn so we want our praise to be centered on their action celebrating with your kid but helping them be curious on what got them there because there's another kid that was in that same class that showed up and did their best to listen but maybe they're more of a kinesthetic learner and there wasn't any doing involved in that lecture, and they didn't learn like the student that was a strong auditory learner learned in that classroom. So maybe they did the exact same thing, and if they don't do anything else, they're going to come home with a 70. 
And so the same process, when they come home with the 70 that they're not happy with, let's be curious. Oh, okay, well, how did you know you're ready for the test? Well, I looked over my nose every day for 30 minutes this week. Wow, awesome. Let's celebrate the kid that spent 30 minutes every single day trying to prepare for this test. Like, let's focus on that for them. That's what they have control over. Now, maybe, maybe we'll find out if we stay curious that the methods they're using didn't really fit their learning style. Or maybe they were confused about some material. Or maybe they were totally prepared and there were just some careless mistakes that gave them a different outcome. Another thing that we can do to help the kid that didn't get the outcome they wanted, and honestly, probably even more important for the kids that did get the outcome they wanted, is help them understand that these outcomes are not permanent. Sometimes students that have consistently gotten A's, been in gifted classrooms, just excel in classroom environment, eventually run into a classroom environment that's structured differently. And for some reason, it be, it's harder for them. And those kids that had this identity, being an A student, being a great student, they are devastated when suddenly this outcome, they can't count on it. If we help them all along understand that this is not permanent, their success and their failures are not permanent, and take the emphasis off of the grades and put it on their effort, put it on the steps that brought them there. It is so much more empowering and it prepares them for the setting that they don't have figured out yet or the setting that doesn't play to their strengths. Sometimes parents are uh, a little nervous about this. Like if we take off this pressure, this expectation, will it make our kids indifferent? In my experience, it's just the opposite. You are empowering a learner when you shift their focus into everything that they can do that's in their control. If we're celebrating effort, and not just outcome. Effort over outcome, you're gonna get better outcomes. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are not on my mailing list, hop on over to www.theadhdclaritycoach.com. I send out newsletters that have free trainings and workshops, those kind of offers. So if you haven't done that and you'd like to receive it, you can subscribe on my website. That's it for this week, and I will see you next time.